Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome into a Thursday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Jamie going to produce uh, the broadcast today. And uh, we hope that you will call us up and talk some sports with us. As always, 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Gator men's basketball. Was that their most complete game last night? I think you could certainly make the argument that it was. Uh, And now the Gators begin a tough stretch of games. But at least you're going into Kansas State with all the emotion of Keontae Johnson and all of that, and you're coming off a game that should give you Confidence. Did very well. We'll get your thoughts on the game last night. Also, this just out, uh, Florida is predicted to win the SEC this year in the sport of softball. Yeah, the softball preseason coaches poll is out. Florida got five first-place votes. Two other teams got first-place votes. Tennessee got three, but they're number two. Arkansas got five, but is number three. Alabama is four. Now, the points in this, Florida had 134, Tennessee had 126, Arkansas 122, Alabama 118. No other team had over 100. The team picked to finish last... South Carolina had 13 points. That's it. And you know what? You can be uh, upset about where football is and you know where basketball is, but South Carolina has the number one team in the country in women's basketball. And they had a decent year in football, but... They're not good in men's basketball, and certainly, at least by the preseason poll, uh, not very good in that sport either. So, you know, sometimes just happens that way. The voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, is going to be here. Uh, and then later on today, ESPN's Tom Luganbill scheduled to be here uh, as we uh, are going to talk NIL with him and also recruiting. And then we'll also have Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus uh, to talk the NFL playoffs. By the way, I know I'm being selfish here when I say this, but my J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 hired a new offensive coordinator. He is Nathaniel Hackett. That's a good choice, I think. Now, again... Who will be the quarterback? That remains to be seen. 
And then later on this week, remember he was the ex-Broncos coach. Um, so gymnastics tomorrow, Georgia is here. And then Gator Baseball begins practices tomorrow, open for you to go see as they get set for the season. All right. Again, come on, people. Let's talk a little sports. 392-8255. You have nothing to say about the game last night? Nothing? Zero? Nothing? Come on. Come on. That's why I'm getting all kinds of guests. Because no controversy. But that's how it is. Uh, All right. I do have a couple of emails, actually. I will get to before Sean gets here. And by the way, when Sean gets here, hopefully some questions and comments for him as well. Uh, let me update you on a, uh, a new ESPN show, which I think is going to be really good. It's called Southern Hoops, A History of SEC Basketball. It premieres Monday. Uh, it is a seven-part documentary, which chronicles the origin of men's and women's basketball uh, as we approach the 75th anniversary of the first NCAA championship won by an SEC school. A new episode will air every Monday at 9 through March 13th. And uh, the first one's going to be Naismith to Rupp, 1930 to 1959. They've got some really cool people they've interviewed uh, for this, like Dan Issel from Kentucky uh, and uh, Bob Pettit. Uh, so it'll, it'll be kind of fun. Bailey Howell played at Mississippi State. That'll be kind of fun to do. All right, let's get some calls. John's up first. Hi, John. Yeah, good afternoon, Steve. You, you were just mentioning, uh, you know, the woes of South Carolina basketball and you know, we can, as Gator fans, can take a grain of salt of, you know, the nice win we had last night. And I'm taking a couple of things from that game, which, you know, I don't know if that's going to equate going on and beating some of these top-ranked teams. But uh, I, I love the uh, the half-court defense that they were playing last night. It was really tenacious, and they were scrapping. And, uh, well, i tell you what, 21 assists to five turnovers. Um, I, I can't remember going back to – even some of the, you know, the Fab Four that we had, that we even posted something like that. So, and 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 also uh, shooting seventy percent. We didn't go to the line that much, like eighteen times maybe. But uh, you know, if we shoot seventy percent, I think we can be in pretty a lot of ball games. What do you think? Yeah, I, it, it's you know, William just emailed me and he uh, verbalized. The same thing I was thinking watching the game last night. All right. South Carolina beat Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Right. Right. And But he, he, he too, thinks it's the most complete game we've seen Florida play this year. And, yes, I mean, look, the competition will stiffen. There's no right. question. Right. So we'll really see now. You know, I think everybody would agree Florida has gotten better and, and, and really gotten better in most areas but now they get tested and now we'll see where that improvement is and we had five and double figures and one one just one point shy of being a six i mean that's that's beautiful 
And uh, if you take these next, well, next four games, talking, you know, the ranked teams, and I think Kentucky's probably going to be in there shortly. If, if there's, a, I guess, an upset, what game would you probably pick? Well, I mean, you'd like to think you can get somebody at home. Right. Uh, you know, it's tough to win on the road. Although last night, you know, strange thing, mighty Alabama at home beat Mississippi State by three. Right, and they were winning. Mississippi State was winning most of that game, you know. I think, the, you know, early in the second half, and they had some opportunities there. So, yep. yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. But anyway, uh, do you think that maybe we can steal a Tennessee game here at home? Yeah, or, I mean, that... I, I, you asked about the best chance. I mean, right, I, I right, think right. you like that, you know, at home. Uh, going right. to Tuscaloosa will not be easy. You know, going on the road isn't going to be easy. It never is. I got you, man. Have a great day, man. Thank you, John. Tom, welcome to Sports Scene. Hey, Steve. How in the heck did South Carolina beat Kentucky at Rupp? Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, how did the Mets win the World Series in 69? I mean, sometimes, you know, stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I thought it was a very complete game. Was that the game? Uh, I think everybody played very well. Um, I wish we could somehow shore up our rebounding a little better. But um, hopefully, you know, we're going to get Alex Fudge back on Saturday, I hope. Uh, he helps a little bit on the rebounding end with his height and his length. But uh, I, I think it, it's taken a little time for these guys to gel, but I think they're starting to gel and, uh, you know, do what the coach is asking them to do. And it's, I always think it's tough for a first-year coach to meld the previous coach's players with his own players, I always think that's a difficult thing. Sometimes it is, yes. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you just have to feel out a season. You know, pe- people forget this. Florida's won five of their last six now. It isn't just that they won last. Oh, yeah. They've won five of their last six. They're playing a lot more consistently. And I think the great thing about that is if you went to Todd Golden, I think he would tell you, there's room to improve, so I guess that's good too. Yep, definitely so. And uh, Steve, always listen to your show; it's always great, and I love your guests. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you saying that. Andrew, welcome to Sports Scene. Hey, is it just me, or is it the difference lately? Seems to be uh, Myron Jones. Man, he looks like a different player. Yeah, uh, uh, he, he's sort of not- been the glue here. I mean, Castleton's the constant. But, yeah, his you – know, and, and his stat line last night shows that. I mean, without question. It wasn't – it's not just – at first it was kind of like defense, but, like, last night it was, like, assist. It was, like – it was, like, a complete guard last night. Uh, and this team's starting to click. I'm worried, though, that uh, the beginning of the year some of those losses might hurt us because uh, we look like a tournament team right now, but – some of the beginning season's losses might kill us. Well, but you can't worry about that now. All you can do <laughs> if you're on this team is worry about the next game. You can't worry about a game you lost. You can't worry about a game you won. It's the next one. Yeah. Do you think they look like a tournament team? I, I don't, do I look like a tournament team? I'm yeah, not going to answer that like- because it's too early to answer that. Yeah. Ask me after these next four games. And then, even then, 
I don't, I don't know that I can answer that question because that also reflects upon the rest of the college basketball world. So, you know, well, but look, they've won, as I said, they've won five of their last six. All you can ask them to do is win the next game they play, and they've done that. Yep. I'm liking what I'm seeing right now, though. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank, thank you, you, Andrew. Appreciate your call. 1214, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. The voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, is in the house. We'll talk to him about hoops and what's coming up. Next, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Matt Quartararo. The Tampa Bay Lightning return to action tonight against the NHL best Boston Bruins. The Lightning have won six of their last eight and hope to continue that hot streak at home against the Bruins. Puck drop is set for seven, but we'll jump into action right here starting at 8 o'clock. Heading to gymnastics, the number two Gators host number 17 Georgia tomorrow night. The Gators are 5-0 and are coming off of two ranked wins in a row with the hopes of extending that streak to three. The Florida Gators men's tennis team, who are ranked second in the nation, welcome SMU, Mississippi State, and USF for the ITA kickoff weekend. Action for the Gators starts tomorrow around 11. In high school girls hoops, Eastside takes on Oak Hall, Buholtz meets Vanguard, and Gainesville faces off against Orlando Jones. And that's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Matt Quarteraro. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Join us at Odyssey as we all do. Folks, the good people at Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville want to tell you they appreciate your business. And they have over these past 40-plus years. They've been in business. The Cousins family has owned it. And remember, since opening their doors on day one, they've never sold a new vehicle. They just have the best and the cream of the crop in late model, low mileage vehicles. Check them out online. You can do that easily. Go to secars.com. All the info is there. You can see pictures and all the pertinent information in the vehicles is there. And you want to test drive them and eyeball them for yourself and check out the wide selection of vehicles they have, go see them at Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville, and you can check them out. Their sales staff always there to answer any questions you may have. I've driven a vehicle from them for a long time. I trust them. You can, too. When you go see them in person, tell them Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency. You are one thing. Together, millions of things for our planet. Don't forget about the environment when making New Year's resolutions. This year, resolve to recycle more. Recycle paper, bottles, and cans. Reuse paper and plastic bags and get a reusable bag for groceries. Recycle old clothes by donating them to charity. And recycle old electronics like TVs, computers, and cell phones at appropriate e-waste facilities. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a hundred things, a thousand things, a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Medicare Open Enrollment is October 15th to December 7th. Volunteers with the Florida Department of Elder Affairs Shine Program are available to help with your Medicare questions, virtually or by phone during COVID-19. Shine is open and ready to help you with local and unbiased counseling and assistance. Visit floridashine.org or call the Elder Helpline at 1-800-963-5337. We're proud to be your home for Gators basketball. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, 
WRUF and online at WRUF.com. Welcome back to Sports Scene. Always my pleasure to bring in the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly. If you have a question or a comment for him, simple. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Five out of six. A very impressive win last night. You know, it, isn't it cool to sort of see pieces start to fall together? You know, as the season began, you know, here were some questions. And now you start, you know, after this many games, you can you can kind of see the improvement in this team. Yeah, remember when I first took this job and people were asking me, why would you take the job? And <laughs> And I said I missed one of the many things. I missed being with the team the whole way because that team's journey and you watch that progression. It's been fun to watch that now, um, just even in the last four weeks. But, yes, no, there is a progression here. You, you see things start to fall into place. They're more connected offensively. They found an identity def- defensively. Um, nice win last night. You beat a team that's not very good. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, I felt like I told Lee last night, I said, I feel like we should win by 20. And it won by 21. Uh, they got it by as many as 30. But that's just – it wasn't whether or not they were going to win. I just – I wanted to see them pound somebody, and, and that's what they did. Um, and, yeah, five of six, and thank goodness you got that based on the four that you've got coming up. So Yeah, and, you know, I, just the way the schedule falls. But I mentioned this before you got here. You know, like somebody – had said, I can't believe I watched that same team and they beat Kentucky at Rupp. Well, that happens once in a while. Who would have thought Alabama would struggle in a game in the 60s right. against Mississippi State? But that's how they play. They're, yeah, they're the best defensive team in the league, Alabama is. Um, they're, they're susceptible to a cold shooting night, which concerns me about them as a tournament team at the moment because one cold shooting night in that, in that situation and you're out. Um, the whole Kentucky thing with with South Carolina, Kentucky was as rock bottom as I've seen them in a long time when they played them. I mean, just zombie-like through that game. And South Carolina got hot shooting and did it to them. And Kentucky hasn't been the same since, and neither has South Carolina. So <laughs> that's true. Um, you know, so true. that's kind of how this works. It's it's interesting. You know, you said a caller about is this a tournament team or not? Florida was a net forty-four last night. Their net ranking, and again, that goes into the evaluation. 44 going into last night. They win by 21. Guess what their net is today? It dropped. 46, right. Yeah. I mean, you beat a bad team at home. So, again, too early. The numbers fluctuate too much a little bit this time of year. Um, but now Denver Parler just told me, walking over here, uh, this he thinks, he believes, will be the toughest four-game stretch in program history. Wow. It's definitely the toughest four-game stretch in the nation this year, um, which you're up against these next four. So, yeah, you're sitting at 12-8. and eight. You're above 500 the conference, and you just got to find a way here in the next four. Speaking of that, yep. Steven says, Sean, considering how good the next four opponents are, is it a must-they-win-at-least-one? I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 would, I think winning one would be fantastic. And then if you look at the schedule the rest of the way, uh, look, the path to 10 is still there, the 10 wins in, in the conference. I think 10's got to be the number. And I, I looked before yesterday's game, is the path still there? It is, even if you don't win these next four, one of them's non-conference, um, you're still in good shape. If you can find a way to get one out of these next four, I think it's great. Um, if, you, if, if by some thing you, you get hot and, and take two, boy, I, now, now you're 
now you're you're playing with house money the rest of the way, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, if you can get one of these next four, and I don't know which one that is. Um, you know, Kansas State's ranked fifth in the country, yet their nets in the twenties. So who are they really? All I know is this: they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. They're at home. Their crowd's been foaming at the mouth. So. Um, this won't be easy this weekend. This is really a good question for you, Sean, uh, from Lucas. Lucas, good job here. He says, question for Sean, mm-hmm. how to prepare differently from football to basketball given a quick turnaround of basketball? Um, less volume. That's, that's, I guess, part of it. Football is just this gigantic behemoth every week of cycling through that or getting all the information you need and getting it where you want it. Uh, basketball, you know, obviously I, I, could go, I, I could not do a lick of prep for Saturday and have Florida nailed, no problem, just based on what you've seen, what and I've seen, and everything yep. else. And so you know, you're, you're for me now. It's preparing for a team and a half, basically. So half of my normal prep for Florida, just updating stuff, and then you know, obviously, I need to break down and and put together all the K State stuff for Saturday. Now later, as, as the season gets later, I start seeing some of these some of these teams more than once. Then that prep goes down. Whereas in football, you only see them one time, and that's yeah. it. We're moving on. So. Yeah. Uh, Williams says, in terms of Saturday, he double-teamed Keontae every single time he touches it. Dare anybody to beat uh, Florida besides him. Understand K-State has other good players, but I take the Saban approach here. Yeah, careful here. Their point guard is the head of the snake. So, um, yes, Keontae's having a great a great season. Um, I'm not so sure you can ignore others in that situation. Not yeah. a bad thought. We'll see how it plays out. I'll, I'll be curious to see what Coach Golden wants to do. All right, Sean's here. Call him up. Let's talk a little sports with him, little hoops, whatever's on your mind, 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Sean, I mentioned this because, you know, you work for ESPN as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to start that documentary series about uh, SEC basketball in the South. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I'm t- I am too. The, the the times that they've done this kind of a treatment on a topic, it's turned out very well. Yes. Um, and for me, uh, this is a part of my work. I- I'm looking at this seven-part series coming up as must-watch television for me because most of my experience has been outside of the Southeastern Conference in basketball. Now, look, right. I've touched teams here and there. Now I work for one. Um, but, you know, during my – my prior three years and all that, it was a lot of ACC, a good amount of Big Ten, some Big 12. For whatever reason, our national schedule didn't have a whole lot of SEC here and there. Um, so for me, this is a chance for me, kind of still the new kid a little bit, to, uh, to learn a, a bit more about the, the conference's basketball history that would, be, would predate, I guess, when I started paying attention to college basketball in the early 90s, I guess. So... Um, I need to learn a lot more about what existed pre-1990 in this conference. And that, that'll be great because we've seen them, like I said, we've seen them take a couple of these topics like this and really do a nice job. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. starts this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. so Monday. Yeah. Monday, yep. And they're going to air it every Monday at 9, as I, I guess how they're going to do it. Um, and looking forward to that. Um, let's see. Todd says, uh, I love the passion and aggressiveness seeing Castleton pull rebounds. Getting to the heart of conference play, do you think he needs to be dribbling in traffic up the court? I fear teams will begin to get takeaways and could cost us in close games. Am I wrong in thinking this? He has another question, too. You're not wrong. Um, you know, he leads the team in turnovers right now. But sometimes you have to kind of look through just a different lens. Who's touching the ball more than anybody else in this team? It's Castleton. So the guy who's touching the ball more than anybody else is probably going to lead the team in turnovers. Just kind of law of averages. Um, I don't mind him bringing it up in certain situations. 
because he's a good passer and he's got good court vision. So if it's one thing to bring a ball up and, and try to do a, a complete rim run. I think he gets into trouble there. But when he gets across half court and his eyes pick up and he can see things, I think that's not a horrible thing. Should it be every time? Is he a point forward? No. <laughs> no. Um, but he's not, he's not in a bad place for that. And then he says, why can't we get more offense from Jatobo? He gives uh, okay rest minutes for Castleton, but he's massive. Should be able to back down defenders and put it in. It's just not his game. Although he's played, he's played high minutes now the last two. Uh, last night because Fudge is injur- injured. Uh, the other night over the weekend uh, at Starkville, um, he played 12 and a half minutes, I guess. So that was a season high for him conference-wise. And I thought he gave very good minutes. Um, you know, I had a number. Hold on, let me get it for you here. Um, this is going into last night. Um, he's taken four shots in six SEC games. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Yeah. Last night he took four shots. So um, More than he's taken the rest right, of it. Right. Yeah. So sometimes for J.J. it's this. Um, I'm not trying to slide him or anything here. Um, he actually has very good hands, but sometimes there's a beat, like him securing the ball, and then instead of securing the ball and, and going right up, there seems to be this beat there that allows teams to get up right on him. Um, and, and his ball handling is not as such that he can't catch it mid-post and work his way downhill. He's done it, but not consistently. Yeah, the way I uh, somebody put it to me, in in the gather, right? He he's when he tries to gather. It's not a quick gather. That's what and, I'm getting at. And therefore, yeah. 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 Uh, the other thing he oh well, I just lost my 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 spot here. Um, I have to go find it again because he asked a second question. Um, I have one though. Yep. If you look at where Florida is now, everybody is pointing to the the betterment of of play of Jones, and I get it. Is, is he the glue here? I mean, it, it's always been sort of Castleton's bunch. But since Jones has sort of gotten in this groove, they seem to be playing better. Is that too much of a stretch? It's the group of the five-year guys. So it's Castleton, Jones, and Lofton. That's a huge part of this uptrend with this team. I mean, just give you an example. Um, going into last night, Jones and Lofton had combined for 11 assists, zero turnovers. Okay, and Myron flirts with a triple-double last night. I mean, really close. Yep. Um, by the way, if he gets one more point, you got six in double figures last night. So, yeah. um, and, and then Kyle now, I, you know what was a mature move by Lofton last night? Was that his three-point shot is not going down. Um, so there were at least two, if not three times last night, he passed up an open three moved in and hit a mid-range jumper. So instead of zero points in the possession, you'll take the two. But um, sometimes guys will try to shoot their way out of that. I think he's just figured out, hey, look, something's not right. And it's because his shot's really flat from long range right now. But to, but to have the maturity to go and say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take that two that they're also giving me here. Um, that show, that's another sign of a fifth-year guy, a mature guy. Um, and those three combined right now is, is, I think, that glue that you're talking about. Sean here for one more segment. Call him up, talk a little hoops with him. 1229, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. If it's happening with the Gator Nation, hear it here first. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. On the road, there's a thin line between safety and tragedy. Don't cross it. 
Give law enforcement, first responders, and service professionals the space needed to do their jobs. When you see flashing lights, move over a lane or slow down 20 miles an hour below the posted speed limit. See lights? Move over, Florida. It's common sense. It's common courtesy. And it's the law. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. Hey, Steve Russell here. I want to tell you about the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. This facility houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes and is sustained by donated cars, trucks, boats, RVs, or any vehicle. Donations are tax-deductible and go a long way towards helping these boys learn real-life skills by repairing the vehicles and reselling them. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch has been helping boys for over 70 years. They need your help. So please consider donating your unused or unwanted vehicle. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org and learn more. We know that we can depend on Gator Nation to step up when you're needed. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch has been helping at-risk young boys from troubled homes for over 70 years, and they need your help now more than ever. So please consider donating your car, truck, boat, RV, or any vehicle to help these boys. They learn real-life skills by repairing them and reselling them to sustain the facility. Donations are tax-deductible. Cash donations accepted also. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org to learn more. Thanks again. At Charmin, we heard you shouldn't talk about going to the bathroom in public, so we decided to sing about it. When you roll the Charmin up to the party, this is more so roll it back, everybody. Charmin's irresistible soft and heavy nice. My grip is always soft. It's our party vibe. It's cushioned in the face, so our chicks feel fast. So everybody wanna touch the sky. Charmin Ultra Soft is irresistibly soft and more absorbent, so you can use less. Enjoy the go with Charmin. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Behind yesterday's system, skies turning mostly sunny and temperatures much cooler. We'll likely only get to the lower 60s this afternoon. Mostly clear skies overnight with low temperatures getting quite cold. Lows in the mid-30s tomorrow morning. Areas of patchy frost are expected. Abundant sunshine again tomorrow afternoon. Highs in the upper 50s and lower 60s. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. And now, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. I would say Joe Burrow, he's kind of a boss. He acts 35. He, he's 25, but he acts 35. I mean, the maturity level where it doesn't seem like he has a pulse. And you can feel it. I mean, it's tangible. When you're out there on the field and you're watching, and he's produced. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes, and you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. Southern Sports Today with Chuck Oliver. Weekdays at 2, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. This is Gator Volleyball Head Coach Mary Wise, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sean here, one more segment, and we got people to talk to him. Copper Gator, hello. Hey, what's up, Steve? What's hey. up, Sean? Hi. I got, a, I got a couple of questions. Um, first one is, you know, when me and Steve talk about a lot is, is the margin of error and we all know that the margin of error in a basketball is small in general compared to maybe other sports. How much do you believe this team has a margin for error in regards to you know getting through certain games that they might not get to? Um, interesting question. Good so, question. Yeah. Um, like last night, I wanted, like I said earlier, I wanted to see Florida pound somebody that they should pound, um, and they did. But everything else prior to that, 
very little margin of, for error, like like one possession type stuff. Yeah, um, and that's kind of um, who this team is, yeah. and it will be that way probably for most of the remaining schedule. Um, yeah, I just you know when when you offensively are what Florida is, not a very good three point shooting team, um, then your margin of error shrinks, right? So, but right. they've helped themselves because they've steadily now been a very good defensive team and what's becoming a very good defensive conference. And we can talk about those yeah. numbers if you like. But look, when when Florida takes care of the ball the way they do, okay, which has been remarkable over the last three games, when they're efficient with a two-point field goal and in Todd Golden's way of doing things, that's up-close type stuff. That's not shooting a bunch of yeah. mid-range jumpers. And then effectively getting to the free-throw line, you, you're putting pieces together that, that give you your best chance to win. But... Um, without being able to get hot from three or make it instead of a, a 10-2 run, make it an 18-4 to run because you've hit more threes than twos, your margin for error is, is smaller. I don't know if I'm exactly answering your question, but that's kind of yeah. where this team yeah. is right now, especially yeah. with the caliber yeah. of competition. That's great, Sean. And the last thing I, you know, from a voice of the Gator standpoint, does, you know, Steve on the offseason when we're not having sports to talk about, he busts his tail to try to get topics to do that stuff. Does the does the content write itself when the games are higher scoring and when you're talking on a thing versus having to kind of you know prod through a, a slow scoring, slow pace, hold possession game? And I'll take it up the air and go Gators. Yeah, Thank thanks. You. Go Gators. Um, the, the 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 B material, as we like to call it, sometimes um, comes into play. Like last night when the Gators are up by thirty. Now they end up winning by twenty one, but. You know, Lee and I then kind of get a chance to start talking about the upcoming schedule or maybe something else that's going on in the league or, or kind of diving a little deeper into the Eddie Shannon story last night um, that we had, we had interviewed him you know, prior to the game. That allows us room to do that. Um, if, even if both teams are stinking the joint up, if it's a tight game, the game just kind of takes care of itself. It's possession to possession. It's what trends are playing out. When a game has kind of been decided is when you kind of get – some of that B material involved there, and um, that's being prepared for that as much as anything else. It's you know you see more of that in baseball throughout. I'm just going to say that it's ten to one in the yeah, eighth right. inning. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and even in a close baseball game, there's still time to storytell and be more descriptive and all that. The pace of the game in basketball, um, you can get away with just doing the play by play, but when the game has kind of been decided or gets out of hand, remember. And I just told students this the other day here on campus let's not forget we're in the entertainment business and so um, in a 20 point 30 point type of game find some way to be entertaining still whether that's getting deeper into a story or or again talking about what's to come and why it matters those kind of things so that's we're just doing a little play-by-play 101 here i guess yeah yeah jeff hello hey steve hey sean Hi. uh sean I, i've uh, noticed in the last seven or eight games the Gators have almost completely eliminated the other team from scoring any transition goals. Um, and uh, obviously you're trading off the offensive glass and you're racing back and setting up your defense. Um, but, you know, it, it, it takes you all the way from 80-something to 13 in Ken Palm. It, it's probably worth doing. Um, and uh, but are there any of those four teams – in this uh, gauntlet that we've got to play uh, that are, could be frustrated by uh, not being able to get out in transition. Kansas State would qualify. Kentucky would qualify. Uh, 
Uh, the other two teams, not not so much. Tennessee's really good in the half court. Um, Alabama's best defensive team in the league. Um, yeah, isn't it interesting how how much improved Florida is early in the season? Um, can I say sucked? I mean that Florida sucked transition <laughs> defense. Okay, um, that's so crass of me. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> well, but they've really but turned that around. Fits, yeah. Yeah, right. But there's two things in play there. One was a philosophical change by the coaching staff on allocating resources toward the offensive glass. Okay, so let's let's not go crash everybody toward an offensive miss. Let's make sure that we're allocating our resources properly and not getting beat in transition. The other thing is I think that this team has learned how to play together uh, on the defensive end. They're much more connected in that way. And that was going to happen, you know, so many new pieces into this mix that it's just going to take time. And we talked about that earlier in the season. Remember when we talked about how an NBA coach doesn't want us to ask them about their team until they've played about 25 games. Um, obviously, smaller sample size here in college, but those two things, the philosophical change by the coaching staff and then this team being more connected, more uh, ready or able to play with one another, knowing where the other guy is without looking type stuff, they are vastly improved in their transition. D. So even though I used a crass term earlier, I, do, I want this to be more of a let's tip the cap here and, and acknowledge that they have done a great job improving that. Thank you all, gentlemen, very much. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate your call. Wally, welcome to the sports scene. Hey, guys. Yes, hey, sir. I, I got two questions. Uh, first, Sean, who's the better half-court hook shot guy, you or your cohort, Lee? I got Lee's number at the moment. Now, he's a better shooter than me every day and then some and for centuries to come. But that, that, that little hook shot from the timeline there, I got his number on that one just because I'd, I'd done that shot a lot over the years. I, I, I kind of thought that, but I figured I had it. <laughs> I didn't get it last night. So no. we've been doing these pregame hook shots now yeah. when the team clears the floor. So I did that in my NBA years. Like David Wesley. Remember David Wesley? Yes. David and I would do that basically before every game for years. Fun. And um, it just kind of came a thing. And so we started fooling around here with it a little bit. So. Uh, obviously, now people have started to see us in the arena do this, and yeah. sometimes it looks horribly bad, and then some games it goes right in, and then I look like you know I know what I'm doing. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, the other question is for both of you. Um, Trey Bonham seemed to do pretty good in the beginning of the season. However, we weren't winning very many games, and now that we're kind of on a winning note, I notice he's struggling. Do you think that's mostly a height issue or just not used to the SEC? And I'll take it off the air and listen to you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Steve, I'm a big believer in that things come back to the mean. Okay? And so sometimes let's not, let's not uh, evaluate anything on what seems to be their highest or its highest if it's a thing. And certainly let's throw out the bottom too. Um, so Trey's somewhere right in the middle there. I think that Trey was a big lift for this team when they needed – his type of play, his style, i.e. the Florida State win uh, that launched him into the starting lineup for some time. And then I think it kind of comes back to the meet and, and then the emergence of Myron Jones and what these five-year guys have meant uh, has just made for a better mix, a better chemistry for this rotation right now. So um, let's not forget Trey's, Trey's accomplished, uh, but he's still, he's still learning the game in a lot of ways. Um, and I think he's made some wise decisions here late, kind of trying to figure out his new role with this team. Uh, and we'll see how that plays out. But 
Here's the crazy thing about Trey. This is what makes Trey special is that there's going to be a night coming up. Maybe it's during these next four where things are flat or something's not clicking, and he goes in and changes the energy of the game. He has that ability to do that, and there's a place on this roster for a guy like that for sure. Uh, Mark says, while he's not shy about getting a shot off and gets his fair share of misses, well, oftentimes out of control when driving to the hole, I can't recall the last time I saw a Gator basketball player who's as light and quick on his feet than Reeves. Love the energy off the bench. Your thoughts? Interesting note, because Lee had talked about this last night. Lee Humphrey noticed that early on. Look, Kowasi is this. This is Kowasi. Whether it's walking to the bus or moving without the ball, I've <laughs> never seen a guy with more extracurricular movement than him. Like, I can run to a spot. It's not going to look real good. But when he runs to the, the, the same spot, his arms are moving, his earlobes are moving, even his kneecaps are, you know, kind of jostling as he goes. And sometimes when he takes, this was Lee last night, when Kowasi takes kind of that big step into his shot, there's all that movement still, and the shot's off the mark. Last night when he took a shorter step into that shot or maybe wasn't trying to do it in rhythm and transition, then the shot goes in. It was very it was very cool to have a shooter next to me last night in Lee taking a look at Kowasi and realizing that. Now, look. All that movement and bounce makes for exciting runs to the rim, punching it in on somebody's head. We love all that. But when he, when he is his most effective as a shooter is when he's calmed that movement down and he's more compact and less, not flailing, but you know what I'm saying. Yep. He's more under control in that mm-hmm. sense. Yes. Um, I'm going to leave it with this because you weren't here at the time of, of Keontae's saga right. here. Um, BB says, uh, after seeing Hamlin collapse is this game against kansas state one that should be viewed with trepidation or are you guys completely comfortable with it i'm 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 going with celebration let's do that good, I, good word i don't have trepidation here because you know look he, he's been cleared not cleared by florida that's why he's no longer here but he got cleared and went through a gauntlet of stuff to be cleared and and all signs indicate that his health is just fine so i'm hoping saturday's broadcast will be a celebration of him uh, of his family and what they've been through, a celebration of guys like Duke Warner and others who s- basically saved his life. Um, and so let's celebrate this moment in that sense as opposed to, I guess, being nervous. So what was the word, trepidation? Yeah. I, don't, I don't have any trepidation with that. I do think he's going to try to come out and put a number up. <laughs> it's just a you know, natural motivation. Not sure. sure. Yes. Um, and he's look, he is a big part of why Kansas State is having a really good season. Uh, I know all the people that I'm around with Florida basketball are excited not only to see him, they're excited that he's succeeding. Um, they are mindful of the history of this this situation. And, you know, the other strange thing that will be about Saturday is this, is that other than two or three players, the team's trainer, that's it. Everybody else has turned over. The radio guys turned over. The radio guys were calling that game from just on the other side of this glass. They weren't even in the building that night. Um, the SID Denver Parlor was out sick, so he had a sub that night in Katie Callahan, and the coaching staff obviously has turned over, so has the roster. So I think this is more of an emotional story for Chianti and his family, and then I think the rest of us should celebrate this moment in time. And you know what the crazy thing is? At first I was like, boy, look at the schedule makers. When they lined up the old SEC, big, oh, this was a layup for them, right? Nope, I found out yesterday, and I'm glad I did. The game that was to be played between Florida and Kansas State had already been scheduled before 
Keontae went down that night in Tallahassee. Yes. 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 So don't don't go into this thinking this is some sensationalized or manufactured yes, thing. Correct. It's yeah. not. Um, all right. Let's quickly with Kansas State. You've had a little a little prep work with them. They they're very very good. And you're right. Their point guards outstanding. Outstanding. If if you don't find some way to take him out of rhythm, you're in big trouble. And they're way more effective at home like that. They feed off of their crowd, which is very good. I haven't been to Manhattan in 20 years. That's good for me. Um, but uh, I will go back, and it will be a hostile environment. Uh, and, look, this is a team that's extremely athletic. So is Florida. So um, let's see. I, I'd, I'd love to see Florida come, come out of the gate much like they have in the last two, and, that's, uh, and not getting themselves in a hole because that would be a real problem. All right. Yep. Thank you, my friend. We'll see you next Thank week you, and yep. have a good call Saturday. 1246 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Shillery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Matt Quateraro. The Tampa Bay Lightning return to the ice tonight against the NHL best Boston Bruins. The Lightning have won six of their last eight and hope to continue that hot streak in Amelie Arena tonight. Puck drop is set for seven, but we'll jump into action right here starting at 8 o'clock. Heading to gymnastics, the number two Gators host number 17 Georgia tomorrow night from the Odome. The Gators are 5-0 and are coming off of two ranked wins in a row with the hopes of extending that streak to three. In high school girls hoops, Eastside takes on Oak Hall, Buholtz meets Vanguard, and Gainesville faces off against Orlando Jones. The Florida Gators men's tennis team, who are ranked second in the nation, welcome SMU, Mississippi State, and USF for the ITA kickoff weekend. Action for the Gators starts tomorrow around 11 o'clock. And that's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Matt Quateraro. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Dave Ray's Automotive, we get the bugs out of your car. Where are you heading this year? No matter where your travels may take you, you want to get there safely and securely. And that means knowing your vehicle is up for the challenge. Hi, Steve Russell here. Don't roll the dice with the chain stores. Take your vehicle to the same place I do. Dave Mays Automotive. People in the area have been trusting Dave Mays Automotive since they opened their doors way back in 1975. Imports, domestics, diesel, fleet service, they can handle anything from engines, AC and heating, transmissions, tires, brake service, and more. And don't forget about their famous bug check. They go over your entire car, making sure there's no nasty surprises waiting for you. Dave Mays Automotive is at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. Happy New Year. With the NFL playoffs and NBA All-Star Weekend upon us, it's time to upgrade your home entertainment with help from Electronics World. Hi, this is Tom Collette. At Electronics World, we can get you into a new Sony 4K big screen TV or design and install a home theater room for less than you might think. We'll put you right in the middle of the action for every score. Come see for yourself. Visit our showroom at Electronics World in Gainesville today or online at electronicsworld.net. Well, you did it. You're an adult now. And you know you're an adult because this is a commercial about saving money on your credit card balances, and that probably got you a little excited. Radiant Credit Union's Visa Credit Card has a super low introductory rate and no balance transfer fee. So now you can transfer your balances to Radiant, pay less interest, and clear that debt off faster. Pretty wild stuff, huh? Just wait until you start comparing fiber supplements. Visit RadiantCU.org forward slash balance to apply today and let us help you define your financial future.
Sunday, it's the championship round of the NFL playoffs as we bring you a special doubleheader. Hi, this is Scott Graham. Join me and the rest of our Westwood One crew for all the action. First, the top two seeds in the NFC square off when the Eagles host the 49ers. Then, it's the Chiefs and the Bengals in the AFC title game for the second straight year. Who will advance to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona? Tune in to find out. Hear the playoff picture unfold right here. Coverage starts Sunday at 2 right here on WRUF. The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings at 9, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Welcome to Sports Scene. Thanks to Sean Kelly. We will now take your phone calls. 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. And we will take your questions, calls, and comments. Good guest list coming up in the second hour. Uh, We will have Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus here. Tom Luganbill from ESPN will also join us. Ben will be here uh, at the top of the hour. Tom Luganville will be here uh, at about 1.20 or so. So uh, we look forward to that. Uh, tomorrow, uh, let me just say this. I think I said it yesterday, but I will tell you again. Uh, we did reach out and request time with Keontae. Uh, we were told that He's been bombarded with requests. I can certainly understand that. Uh, we're hoping to have their Sean Kelly on tomorrow with us to talk about K-State and what they bring to the table. We are trying to get a time for that. Um, but hopefully, you know, that will, that will work. And we'll see if we can get something done. Uh, okay, let's get a couple of emails here. Tom, he says... Steve, I love the fact that uh, Gator basketball is rounding into form, but these next games are difficult. If you had to say today, is this an NCAA tournament team? Boy, I get asked that a lot. And I'm, I'm going to back out. It doesn't matter what it is today. And, and that really is the answer, right? It doesn't matter. What matters is March. It's not even February yet. Is Florida getting better? Yes. Can you see Florida improve? Yes. All the above. But, you know, the the meat of their schedule is coming up now, and, you know, that's going to be a better barometer of what, you know, could be done in the future. I I think that's just – I'm not backing out of the question – but I just don't know how to answer it because I don't think we're there yet. Now, look at Lenardi. You know, you can kind of see what that entails. Uh, but as Sean said when he was here, Florida actually dropped in the net ranking a little bit because they beat a bad team at home. Well, it doesn't seem like you should drop, and that's why you know when Mark Wise is here every Monday with me, he keeps telling you. That changes week to week. And that's just, you know, how that is. Um, 
it's interesting. ESPN has something today, uh, and it's an ESPN Plus thing. From Sean Miller to John Shire, the first-year coaching over and under achievers of 2022-2023. I won't spoil it for you. Read it, because some dude at Florida is also uh, in that place, right? So, again, you can do that and go from there. Um, but it's uh, there's a very good thing here. Um, and I did not know this until I researched it. When Todd Golden got hired here, what was the big talk? Analytics. He's an analytic guy, right? And what have we seen Florida increase the most with this year? I would argue it's been their defense. Their defense has gotten better, right? Well, Golden San Francisco team last year was ranked in the top 30 in defensive efficiency. And they're number 12 in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. So the fact that, you know, that Florida's in, uh, getting better defensively, well, that there's statistics to show you that, uh, you know. And then they evaluated Mike White. Um, they've, they've, Georgia's lost three in a row now, okay? They're three and four in the SEC. If you think Golden had a rebuild, White had a massive rebuild, okay? BPI projects them to finish at 18 and 13. And where is Georgia better this year? Look at their numbers. They're better defensively than they were a year ago. So just for whatever that's worth, uh, it's a good read, and you can see for yourself uh, where they rate the uh, first year coaches. All right, let's get to a couple of emails here to round out the hour. Uh, Don says, uh, Steve, I heard you say Florida's the preseason favorite to win the SEC. Uh, how good is this team? Could they return to Oklahoma City? Here's where I think they are better. I think they're, they have more in the circle this year, and they have the potential for more power. I think that lacked last year. I think they've Tim Walton's tried to address that, and you may see a little more pop uh, from that that group this year. Uh, once again, time will certainly tell. John emails something about. Remember the other day when I said something about what records wouldn't be broken and all that sort of thing. Uh, he says the number of seasons in a career a player gains more than a thousand yards from scrimmage. John, you have way too much time on your hands. But he says the current record is a tie. All right, now, Jamie, are you an NFL guy? Okay, get on the mic. You're not do that? Okay, don't worry about it. Um, but you can yell at me and I'll... There, there's, the current record's a tie between two Hall of Famers that have 14 seasons of having more than 1,000 yards from scrimmage. And they were retirees uh, over the last 20 years. 
One is a running back. One is a receiver. Yep. No, no, no. Uh, it is number of seasons in a career a player gains more than 1,000 yards from scrimmage. So it could be a receiver, right? I'll, I'll tell you. One I would have guessed, the other I wouldn't have. Emmett Smith, one of them. Jerry Rice, the other. Okay? The next closest is a guy who just retired, and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Frank Gore. He was good for a long time. Okay? John says only seven other players in history with 10 or more seasons of at least 1,000 yards from scrimmage. So that's pretty good. So I, I wouldn't have thought that, but it's uh, pretty good. And the leaders in that category, total yards, Jerry Rice, 23,000 and change in yards. The top five are four in the Hall of Fame. One's going to be Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, 21,000 and change, Walter Payton, 21,000 and change, Frank Gore is fourth, and Marshall Falk is fifth. Pretty interesting, right? And then the top 10 LaDainian Tomlinson, Barry Sanders, Marcus Allen. Larry Fitzgerald, and Curtis Martin. So thanks, John, for that. That's our first hour. We'll give you more to do here in hour number two on Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Everybody knows that Meldon Law is the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators. But since they opened their doors in 1971, they have been the community partner of Gainesville, Ocala, and North Central Florida. Meldon Law is there through all kinds of weather, with offices in Gainesville, Lake City, and Ocala. Meldon Law, we won't back down. At International Diamond Center, it's not just a new year. It's a new opportunity to bring you more choices, more value, more ways to celebrate your love. So we've expanded our selection of exquisite, hand-picked, ethically sourced diamonds from a half carat to 20 carats, all shapes, all sizes, all at our famous no middleman prices. This year especially, we know price matters, and we're committed to delivering the best value every day. We've also brought in even more exclusive designer jewelry, new cutting-edge fashion-forward rings, earrings, bands, bracelets, pendants, things you can't find anywhere else. And of course, IDC is proud to offer a truly spectacular collection of luxury timepieces, including a stunning selection of pre-owned Rolexes. We have all the most popular models in stock with no wait list and no restrictions. Come to IDC in 2023 and let our non-commissioned experts help you celebrate those important milestones. We guarantee the best value, the highest quality, and the strongest warranties and guarantees in the jewelry industry. International Diamond Center. Locations, hours, and more at shopidc.com. 
Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Thursday. Jamie is producing the broadcast today. Our thanks to the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, for joining us. Now it's my pleasure to bring in from Pro Football Focus, Ben Brown. We'll talk all things National Football League. Ben, always good to have you. Let's start with the games coming up this weekend. I mean, two really, really potentially good games. Who do you like here? Yeah, it, it is obviously, you know, the, the pressing question right now is, of course, going to be how you evaluate the Patrick Mahomes injury. Right. I would have said early on in the week, you know, obviously the line movement in the Bengals' direction probably makes a lot of sense because I do think, you know, a high ankle sprain that could very much limit the effectiveness of Patrick Mahomes, you know, outside of the pocket and outside of structure it, it is kind of the thing that separates Patrick Mahomes. So if they don't have that to their game, like I, I don't know if they have enough from a wide receiver standpoint to really be able to kind of win on some of these you know quick routes underneath and kind of create the separation that they need if it's not coming from Patrick Mahomes and his ability to kind of extend plays with his legs so that was the concern but I think you know yesterday you know there was video of Patrick Mahomes throwing in practice running in practice look jogging off of you know various areas and and you know like moving in and out of like the the, the room where he was doing his interviews and stuff like that and there was no noticeable limps so I do think you know 85 to 90 percent effect of Patrick Mahomes can still very much win this game for Kansas City. And I think we've kind of seen that from, you know, the betting perspective with the line kind of shifting back towards the Chiefs now, you know, as we move closer to the kickoff. So I, I think it's a spot where you can easily evaluate the first couple of drives. But for all intents and purposes, kind of reading between, you know, the tea leaves and everything else right now, it does seem like he's going to be pretty close to full capacity. If that happens, I do very much like Kansas City in this particular spot. And the NFC? Yeah, the NFC, I mean, this one's interesting. I, I do think it's going to, once again, kind of come down to the first opening sequence of plays. We have seen, you know, the, the, the 49ers specifically be really good from a, you know, EPA prescripted offensive play. Obviously, that's kind of the Kyle Shanahan, you know, mystique that he brings, kind of being able to, you know, scheme open some of these easier throws for Brock Purdy and kind of get guys to generate those yards after the catch type plays. So, I think if the 49ers can win early, this is very much going to be a back-and-forth battle. But if they kind of struggle on that opening sequence, and the, and the Eagles have been really good from a defensive perspective early on in games, especially on that scripted play set. Like, if, if the Eagles get a couple of stops early, I do think this one could potentially turn into a blowout, similar to what we saw last week with the Eagles kind of 
you know, playing from ahead and completely dominating in every sense of the word against the New York Giants. I don't know if it'll be that much of a blowout, but uh, I think if the 49ers don't get off to a hot start, like it, it's going to be a lot of Philadelphia here early on in the conference championship round, I would say. Ben, I'm going I'm to throw a term out. I think you'll know what I'm trying to say here. I, I, I kind of want to gossip a little bit about some things going on in the NFL, and one is in San Francisco. Brock Purdy, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, has done a really nice job. Well, the 49ers have two other quarterbacks. What do you think will happen with that when this season ends? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I do think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously going to be, you know, a free agent, doesn't really have any ties to San Francisco. Very much seems like he's going to move on, you know, at that time. And then the question becomes, like, you know, they have Brock Purdy, um, you know, and they have Trey Lance, both on rookie contracts. Brock Purdy is very affordable. So I think you keep both of them, and I think you kind of wait for Trey Lance to get back into the fold, see some practice reps with him, and then if he still kind of offers that, you know, appeal from a high-ceiling type outcome performance in ways in which Brock Purdy just simply can't provide to them, then I think you see what you have once again with him, and you maybe give him some opportunities during the midpoint of the season uh, to kind of, kind of, you know, showcase if he actually can become, you know, quote unquote, this elite type guy at the quarterback position outside of a rookie contract. So uh, I still very much think they find out what they have with Trey Lance. You know, ideally, I think, you know, at, at some point in the next year, they probably identify the one guy they want to move forward with. And then they try and get, you know, as much trade compensation, I would say, as possible for the other guys. I, I think the, the correct and best long-term approach, but I would very much expect to, you know, to break camp with both Brock Purdy and Trey Lance kind of vying for, you know, opportunities in this offense potentially to start next year. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, our guest. We're talking NFL. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, Ben, but Nathaniel Hackett gets hired by the Jets. Nathaniel Hackett was once Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator with Green Bay. You connect the dots. It's an interesting match. Uh, do you think yeah. there's coincidence or he was the best guy? I think I think there's probably too much fire, I would say, for it to simply be coincidence. Obviously, you know, the, the rumors last year with him going to Denver and Aaron Rodgers being linked there, that, that maybe didn't happen because Green Bay wasn't ready to pull the trigger. But I, I would say they have to be much more willing to this season. And I think that, you know, it, it probably very much came up in the discussions you know, that they had with hiring the thing that had to be the offensive coordinator. So I would expect that, you know, if Green Bay is willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, the, the Jets are going to be the by far the best landing spot for him. And I think that's only probably bolstered by his relationship with Nathaniel Hackett. So I do think, you know, where there's kind of the smoke, there's also fire. And I do very much expect to see, I would say, Aaron Rodgers probably suiting up for the New York Jets here in 2023. It just seems to me that some of the vacancies – in the NFL for head coaches have kind of dragged on a little bit. Uh, do you agree with that? And where do you see some names with the vacancies that are there? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think that a lot of the, you know, the coordinators specifically, um, you know, still playing and obviously they can be announced, but sometimes there is like a, you know, delay, um, you know, in, in announcing those guys. But I do think a guy like Demico Ryan is probably going to land you know, somewhere maybe like the Houston Texans or something like that. I, I do think he's very much going to be a head coach kind of coming out of this cycle. Maybe they're kind of waiting for the season to begin to really make that official or something, but it, it seems like he's had too many opportunities, I would say, to 
potentially not land a head coaching gig this you know this summer. And then I also think very similarly of a guy like Shane Steichen, kind of been on you know a meteoric rise with the Philadelphia Eagles at the offensive coordinator position. But what he's been able to do with Jalen Hurts, I do think is kind of like the next evolution of an NFL offenses. And if you don't have you know the elite type quarterback like going out and finding a guy in the draft that maybe isn't going to cost you like a first round draft capital. Like that is a very appealing resume to already have. And so I do think that he's going to end up somewhere. I also think he would work really well in a place like Arizona, kind of trying to figure out if Kyler Murray can definitely be that guy. Obviously Arizona is linked to Kyler Murray for at least the foreseeable future, but trying to maximize what they have with him. I do think a guy like Shane Steik can kind of make a ton of sense from that perspective. So I think the delay is kind of, some of these initial job opportunities, you know, are kind of targeting those types of coordinators and the rest of them are maybe still trying to jockey to see where they kind of align up as far as like the best or ideal landing spot for some of these candidates. And then probably going to pick through the rest after that. So I don't mind the, you know, I don't mind the delayed approach. I would honestly kind of like to see a policy institute where we really aren't making these head coaching interviews and hires and everything else until the season's over. But I know that severely, you know, reduces the the off season and the things that can kind of be put in place in time. So, uh, but I do think it is probably a detriment to some of these coaches to constantly having been interviewing while also trying to implement, you know, some sort of game plan for the upcoming week as well. Final question for you. Um, a guy that I don't think gets the respect he deserves is Eric B Now look, he's got great weapons at his disposal, right? Calling plays for them with Patrick Mahomes must be a real joy. But he had just signed a one-year contract. So I'm just asking this from afar. If he doesn't – I mean, is there any issue with he and Andy Reid? Because it seems to me that he could sign a longer-term deal, and then if he got out of it and got a head coaching position, he would. What's his situation? Yeah, it is interesting because he maybe just – you know, I, I don't know what exactly the reason why he hasn't necessarily landed the head coaching gig that I do think he probably covets. I think part of it is the fact that like Andy Reid is still very much involved in the game plan is very much calling, you know, plays at certain points as well. So I do think the balancing act between he's not, you know, the full on play caller and stuff like that all the time, maybe speaks to his detriment, but there's definitely more going on behind the scenes there. Maybe there's, you know, a path to him potentially taking over from Kansas city. If if Andy Reid does call it quits at some point, I know that was probably more likely speculation, you know, a year or two ago than what it seems to be right now. But, you know, at, at that point, maybe maybe the enemy is the guy as kind of like a continuity play. But uh, I still think he, you know, it, it seems like he's very much on the outside looking in this year. So I do think he'll be back in Kansas City next year. And, and somehow has to kind of booster, you know, overall where he's going to end up if he does want to land that head coaching job outside of Kansas City, I would say. As I always do, Ben, I'll ask where people can see your work and what's going on with Pro Football Focus. Yeah, definitely. So we're, you know, obviously trying to wrap up the, the postseason as best we can. Have a lot of content focused specifically on these games, but also, you know, we've turned our attention a lot to the NFL draft and college and everything else. Make sure you check out PFF.com. We got a mobile app as well if you're kind of into the sports betting or fantasy scene. Uh, it, it's a great way to stay connected to all the great work that PFF has available. So I would check out the mobile app as well. Uh, on the Apple Store, and you know, make sure you check out PFF.com as well. We always appreciate it, uh, and thanks for having me on, Steve. It's always a pleasure. Same here, Ben. I appreciate you. Thank you, Ben Brown. Pro Football Focus knows his stuff, and you know what? Those he's right. Those games this weekend, I hope just live up to the hype because they can be, you know, really, really good games. I've been on the 49ers bandwagon 
for a long time. And you, you know what's interesting? I don't know if you knew this. In the NFL, there are now two Gators who are NFL general managers. Think about that. One just got named, Rand Carthon, the running back, right, who had been with San Francisco. The other, Howie Roseman. And you know who he's with? Philadelphia. So pretty good architects that have helped those franchises do pretty well. Uh, Tom Luganville from ESPN is going to join us next. Tom uh, has covered recruiting. He's been a sideline reporter. Uh, we're going to bend his ear about his thoughts on NIL, the portal, you know, who's done well, all of that. And then after Tom, uh, we will have uh, about a half an hour left specifically for uh, your phone calls. And it does look like tomorrow uh, we are going to get the uh, Kansas State play-by-play guy for uh, basketball. So that'll be fun to talk to him. Uh, All right, I'll get D here real quick. D, hello. Hey, what's up, Steve? Hey. Uh, Basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Steve, I know at South Carolina, Frank Martin pretty much had run his course there, but I knew when I played South Carolina what kind of game I was getting. It was going to be uh, defensive, physical, uh, you know, grimy. I didn't see any of that from them uh, last night. I know the gray kid down low, 33, had a pretty decent game. But other than that, uh, it looked like Florida could basically do whatever they wanted to do out there. So, you know, uh, you know, thank God he's not coaching there anymore because I think they had won three screen games, really, they said, after four last night. So, you know, we they, they always were a pain in the neck. But – you know, as, as far as our team, man, just a, a complete overall effort. Uh, you know, Myron Jones, Steve, uh, I know you had a caller earlier. He was basically unplayable, uh, you know, about a month ago. And now he's, like you say, man, he's the glue to the team right now. He's, you know, doing a little bit of everything. He almost had a triple-double last night. So uh, his assist, I'm impressed with that as well. And, you know, everybody, Richard, you know, Kugel again, man, uh, had three steals along with the points and. You know, Castleton, like I said, just a, a complete overall effort. And once they got South Carolina down, man, they uh they stuck their foot on the throat. So uh, just a great victory. But like you said, man, the uh, it's about to go from the JB to the varsity real quick. Because <laughs> <laughs> this stretch, man, this is a brutal stretch. And uh, I've watched Kansas, Kansas State play a couple times. And, you know, they're no joke. And obviously it's going to be bittersweet playing Keontae. Uh, but that, that's going to be a tall task, man, because they, they got a damn good team. They do. But, you know, I think Florida now, I would take the attitude, got nothing to lose here. Right. You know, it's a tough stretch. Let, let's see who we are. Let's go out there and yep. see just who we are playing some of the best. I, 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 that's how I would do it if I'm Todd Golden. And, you know, if you fall on your face, okay, it isn't like the season's over. you still got other SEC games to play. You can sneak in the tournament. So, yeah, let's go see. Right, one more question, Steve. Uh, is there anything on Felder? I know he left the team. Is he is he done for the season? I. It's funny you ask that. I asked that, and I've not gotten an answer, so I don't know. Right, because I, I just think, man, we could he's six eight. We could use his muscle because I know Jatobo had some good minutes last night, Steve. But man, he he uses fouls like I used to use quarters at the arcade back in the day, <laughs> man. He just you, he just uses them up so fast, man. And you know, Castleton got in a little bit of foul trouble last night. I just. I just wish he'd be more, you know, judicious with the way he uses fouls because Kansas State got a couple seven-footers, I think. So, 
it's, it's going to be imperative that, you know, the bigs stay out of foul trouble Saturday. All right, D. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for your call. 117 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Jillery. Tom Luganbill joins us next. Talk a little college football. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Ainsley Davis. In the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning will take on the Boston Bruins tonight. Tampa Bay hopes to bounce back after falling 3-1 in their last meeting with the Bruins. Coverage starts right here at 8. In Gator Sports, the number two ranked gymnastics team will host number 17 Georgia tomorrow in the Odom. On Saturday, men's basketball hits the road to take on Kansas State in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Boys High School Hoops returns tonight with games between Westport vs. Newberry, Union County vs. Dixie County, and Eastside vs. North Marion. On the girls' side, Eastside will take on Oak Hall, PK Young will play Westport, and Buholds will face Vanguard. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Ainsley Davis. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. My partners. You've heard me tell you about the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka for some time now. And there's good reason. They do good work. And Gator Nation has responded admirably to help this group out. And they thank you for that. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes, sustained by your donated vehicles and folks it doesn't matter it could be a motorcycle it could be a you know a car a truck whatever they'll take it and the boys learn real life skills because they take these vehicles they fix them up and then they resell them so if you have an unused or unwanted vehicle of any kind please consider donating it to the road heaver boys ranch and remember the donations are tax deductible and they go a long way to helping a really good cause if you want to know more about what this group does and how they do it, I invite you to Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org and you can find out more. They told me I should get my knee replaced. I was in my 40s and I decided that I wouldn't do that. That's orthopedic surgeon Dr. John Herzog, who found regenerative medicine years ago and became a believer. It changed my life around. It improved me to a point where I was able to jog again. That's when Dr. Herzog switched his focus from surgery to helping his patients with natural biologics. I've treated at least 5,000 patients. I believe your body has everything it needs to heal itself. Today, you'll find Dr. Herzog at QC the nation's leader in this exciting field of medicine that can give lasting pain relief with no downtime, no drugs, and no surgery. I have patients coming up to me that I did 10 years ago saying, you know, Doc, my elbow's still working great. I'm playing tennis three days a week. Call QC Kinetics now to explore alternative ways to deal with your pain. It's a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only one place. The one place to go. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code PATRICK. You're good to go. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championship games and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook by using the code PATRICK. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Void in Ohio and Ontario. Bonus issued is free bets. One boost per eligible game. Deposit, parlay, and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Coming in February, Florida Gator Baseball, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. This is Gator soccer coach Samantha Bohan, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. We welcome you back. We are waiting Tom Luganbill to get him here, uh, and uh, we look forward to that. Uh, got a quick email from Joe while we wait for Tom. Uh, he says, uh, great win for Gator basketball last night. Uh, he said, where do you think Florida sits now in terms of the hierarchy of the SEC? I think they sit in the middle. They're not Alabama. They're not uh you know, Tennessee, or anything like that. Uh, but look, they've won. I keep saying this. You can only beat the next team you play. That, that, that's all, okay? And that's what they've done. They've won five of the last six. So you just hope that you know, they can take that momentum and uh, go from there. Uh, so we'll just see. We got uh, Bill here, and he says almost something similar. Uh, okay, uh, Jamie, he's he just tagged. He's ready to go. Okay, come here for a second. I have to do this live here. Okay, maybe he wrote the number down wrong or something. So here, here's the number. Just just take it, and we'll go from there. Okay, and I'll read this email. There you go. Um, learning learning process here. That's what we do here at University of Florida. Um, anyway, he says kind of the same thing. Uh, he says that uh, while he's seen the Gators improve, uh, they still seem like a middle-of-the-pack team. Uh, what can make them take the next step? Well, I mean, it's obvious, right? If they can beat a couple of these teams that they play here, uh, that's going to really enhance the NCAA tournament resume. I mean, that's just how this is, right? But this is a tough stretch. I don't care, you know, who it is. Um, so we just have to wait and see, um, you know, what will happen from here. That's that's all, you know, we can really do. Um, are you getting it? Okay, are you, di- are you dialing it? Okay, we're going to try to wait on this here. 
tomorrow, we will talk to the play-by-play voice of Kansas State to uh, talk about not just Keontae Johnson, but about a very good Kansas State team. So we're uh, going to do that. All right, we're going to get Tom here uh, momentarily. Uh, lots I want to talk to him about. always appreciate his work, and he will now join us. Tom, good to talk to you again. I know how busy you are. Thank you for taking the time. So many things I, I want to talk about here because you, you do so many things at ESPN with college football. Let's start with the portal. As you take a look at some of the – yeah, I, well, i got to start someplace, how, right? How long is your show? <laughs> I know. Uh, we got we got till 2. If you, um, okay. But let's start with that. On a scale of 1 to 10 – I mean, how much has that changed college football? I mean, is there a number bigger than 10 maybe? So I'll start with that. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think you can make a very fair argument that if you combined the transfer portal with name, image, and likeness, we have the two most transformative uh, forms of legislation over the last 45 years of collegiate athletics. And the problem with that and, and, and the problem with that statement is that it was dumped on the laps of everybody with absolutely no plan of how to execute it, enforce it, police it, manage it, um, be able to alter the, the numbers, uh, massage the numbers, know what to do and how to do it. I mean, this is, this is all a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants, um, you know, kind of make-it-up-as-you-go uh, type of proposition. And when you have something that was this big and this massive, was going to have this big of an impact, you'd like to think that the adults in the room would have tried to come up with a preemptive strike of how to properly execute all of this. And, you know, just from the transfer portal perspective exclusively, my, my, my biggest issue with that is that we have created this window and this path so when things don't go your way or when you very first uh, have to deal with adversity or maybe you're not starting right away, we've basically told the athlete, oh, well, that's okay. There's the door. Just go over there, and then you can go somewhere else, and then, you know, it's going to just work out perfect for you there. Yeah. And that's not reality. And, you know, we've got a 45-day window. Of 40, you don't need 45 days to be in the transfer portal i mean give me give me a break i mean the vast majority of the kids that are any good in the portal have already been tampered with they know where they're going and then the ones that haven't been tampered with that decide they want to go into the portal they're going to know in shoot 72 hours to a week if they have any value on the open market whatsoever they don't need 45 days what are they doing in there for 45 days so I, I just think the whole entire thing is a convoluted mess that everybody's trying to navigate both coach program and player alike you just wish there was a little bit more of a well, not a little bit uh, an actual plan going in well that leads me i've been sitting here pre ever since what happened with the rashada situation in florida which didn't help here but your yeah. point that there's there's nothing on the horizon that says this gets better there's no. There's no. still states with separate legislation. Nobody is trying to get this, you know, under control. So, are we stuck with this for a while? Yeah, we. I think we could be. Um, you know, and 
I, it's unfortunate because this is all at some point going to come crashing down. What's taking place with Jada Rashada will not be the last time. It just happened to be the first. And it was only a matter of time. You know, and so, and again, speculation, innuendo, rumor, uh, what information is actually confirmed, well, whatever it may be. But when we start talking about collectives and name, image, and likeness, and we're talking about eight-figure deals for 17-year-old kids who have not done a thing to prove they're worth a cent of that, that's insanity. Now, we can place the blame all we want on these collectives for making dumb decisions, but if they've tried to put a, a deal together and then they can't hold up their end of the bargain, listen, I get it. You know, that's that's uh, going to be one of the, the downsides of all of this. But he won't be the last. And, you know, my whole thing, here here's the deal for me on name, image, and likeness. Because what name, image, and likeness was intended to be is for the student-athlete, regardless of sport, to have the opportunity to earn monetarily based off of their value. Well, how do you create value? You create value through performance and production. What we're doing with all of this name, image, and likeness stuff is we're doling out money without anybody having to earn it. Yeah, no production. And yeah. I, there's no production. And I sit here and I have people say, well, you're, you're, you're anti-player. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm pro-accountability. <laughs> I'm pro-performance. I'm pro-production because I know at the end of the day that – if you become who you're expected to be, if you develop into that high-end player, then all of the name, image, and likeness stuff will take care of itself. But if we start throwing all of these figures around, and I, to be honest with you, I don't believe really any of the figures that I've seen thrown around. Um, I think the closest that I probably believe is some of the numbers that were somewhat, somewhat manageable or reasonable that were afforded, you know, according to some, to, to Bryce Young. But then guess what Bryce Young did? He went out and he earned it. Yeah. He proved his value. He proved his worth. Let me ask you this question. Who's more disappointed in DJ Uyunglele, Dabo Swinney or Dr. Pepper? <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. You look at you look at De'Eric King at Miami. You look at Spencer Rattler at the time at Oklahoma. Those guys were all in college, all right, at least one calendar year or more and had played were any of those good investments? And now we're talking about this with the success rate of the high school athlete being so low, being so low, and we're talking about seven and eight figures being thrown around. I mean, it's absolutely insanity. And that's not a knock or an indictment on the player. It's a reflection of reality. The numbers will tell you that. The numbers of high school kids that have the opportunity to even go on and play college football versus the actual number that pan out, then you take that another step to the, the number of guys that, which is a roughly 0.4% of the college football playing population will make an opening day NFL roster. I mean, do the numbers. Sooner or later, this is all going to come crashing down. Yeah. Tom Luganbill, our guest, ESPN, talking college football. Tom, I, I, I hearken back to, in my last couple of things here, something that Greg Sankey said. He said, mm -hmm. we're killing our coaches. We're crushing our coaches, I think is actually what he said. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, and I, I'm with you. I totally agree. So don't they have to move one of these signing periods or eliminate something along those lines to make that burden easier? 
Yeah, I, I think, and again, what did we do? We put the cart in front of the horse, right? I mean, this should have all been managed and laid out and mapped out and had a blueprint for exactly what we were going to do. Um, you know, and I'm not so sure that the answer isn't to just go back to one signing period. Now, does that mean it has to be the first Wednesday in February? I, I don't know. But what I, what I think is really problematic is you have this log jam in the first three weeks of December where you are asking the coaches on every college staff to prepare their team for a bowl game, deal with the transfer portal, and prep for signing day Right. in a three-week span, right? And then on top of that, here's the other issue with that. The transfer portal goes beyond that first signing period. So don't you think it would make sense if we said, how about we have the portal open and closed, all right, so that all of the moving components and all of the chess pieces as it relates to the portal are finalized and done? We know who's gone out the door. We know who's come in the door. We know exactly what our scholarship allotment is. Then we do the signing period. But you can't have it overlap because now the coaches are going into signing period and they're saying, okay, well, these six guys went out the door, but we kind of like these 10 guys over here in the portal. But then, oh, wait a minute, we've got these 18 guys at the high school level, but maybe we only want to bring in 14 at the high school level. And nobody knows what their numbers are. The numbers are just floating out there. Yeah. And, and I just, it, to me, and, and here's one that I think is even crazier than anything else, is the whole 85 number. They, they've turned that thing into a mathematical nightmare. How about we just say this? If you lose 27 guys, all right, and you're 27 below 85, you get to sign 27. 27, right, yeah. If you lose 10 and you're at 75, you get to sign 10. How hard is this? You know, and, and, I, and I listen, I understand there's APR involved. I understand that, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with mid-year enrollees and, and all of those sorts of things, but – and, again, that's another problem with that, having such an open window. If the player were to go into the portal, because I love the two-week window after spring football. I think that's really smart. Yep. The player and the coach, they've gone through the winter conditioning period. They've gone through spring football, and both parties know the writing's on the wall, right? Yep. They know exactly where everything stands. Now you get out of spring, you head into the summer, and you know what your football team is going to be going all the way through to the end of the season. Great. Nice and clean. Now you've got a, a manageable uh, set of circumstances here. But from that December, whatever, first, or I think this year was the 6th or 7th uh, of December to start the open portal, leading into signing day, then spilling past signing day, the portal's still open. Then you have dead periods in January. And all the while, you've got bowl games going on the entire time. Uh, that's got to be cleaned up significantly. i got 30 seconds, Tom. I have a theory that when the season starts – Fans don't will, will will forget this. It won't affect the popularity of the game or attendance at the game. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Because the passion and the love of the sport on behalf of the fans is what drives the sport and fuels the sport. And I think it also does add a layer of excitement, all right, to see who got it right each year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, I mean – you look at the transfer portal guys that Ole Miss brought in last year. You look at the transfer portal guys that two years ago 
Michigan State brought in and completely flipped their roster. But what's also going to happen is you're going to get guys go overboard on it, and they're going to screw it up. And they're going to miss, and they're going to – for example, I, I have no issue with what uh, uh, Coach Prime's doing at Colorado, but he's got 24 incoming transfer portal guys. Twelve of them are group of five or FCS-level players. Yeah. Now, are they better than what Colorado's playing with right now? I don't know. So we're going to find out if they're too heavy on that side of things. So it's going to be fascinating to watch, but I don't think it's going to turn away the viewer. I appreciate your time, as always, and your insight, Tom. Thanks for making time. You bet. Thanks for having me. Take you got care. it. Tom Luganbill, I think he does a great job. Covers recruiting, sideline reporter, uh, covering college football for ESPN. 137 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. You don't have to go through yet another year with that knee pain or back pain. People with chronic joint pain are getting real lasting relief from QC Kinetics. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics are the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. Their unique protocols use healing agents from your own body to target aching joints, repairing and restoring damaged tissue so you can move again with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. Got shoulder pain, excruciating hip pain? If you have any arthritis pain or lingering pain from an injury, don't let them operate on you or give you more steroids and say no to the pain pills. Call QC Kinetics and see if their life-changing, all-natural treatments can get you living your best life in the new year. I'm telling you, people are raving about these treatments. This is the future of joint pain management, and appointments are available as soon as the next week. Make 2023 the year you say goodbye to joint pain. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, 352-400-4550, QC Kinetics. Outdoor enthusiasts, springtime is just around the corner, so now's the time to stop into Polaris of Gainesville during the spring sales event for a new Tracker Marine boat. The 2023 models have arrived and the 2022 models are clearing out. Right now, save thousands on 2022 models and leave with a low payment and all credit is accepted too. Basser Biting and Polaris of Gainesville has the Pro Team 175, the best-selling aluminum fishing boat powered by Mercury Marine. Every model comes complete ready to fish. Basically, turn the key and go. If fishing is is not your thing and being with family and friends is then a sun tracker pontoon boat might just be perfect for you every model features multiple lounges and spacious room and are powered by the ultra reliable mercury outboard motor feeling salty mako boats powered by mercury will allow you to chase the really big ones or maybe pre-owned fit your budget more. Polaris of Gainesville has a big selection to choose from. Have a boat you're not using or want to sell? We'll pay top dollar. So bring it for a quote on 441 between Gainesville and Alachua or visit PolarisofGainesville.com. Hi, I'm Maria Youngblood, an attorney at Meldon Law and graduate from the University of Florida. Everybody knows that Meldon Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, but since we first opened our doors in 1971, we've been the community partner of Gainesville and North Central Florida. Meldon Law is there through all kinds of weather with offices in Gainesville, Lake City, and Ocala. Learn more at MeldonLaw.com. Again, that's MeldonLaw.com. Meldon Law, we won't back down. From the 
WRUF Weather Center. Here is your WRUF weather update. Behind yesterday's system, skies turning mostly sunny and temperatures much cooler. We'll likely only get to the lower 60s this afternoon. Mostly clear skies overnight with low temperatures getting quite cold. Lows in the mid-30s tomorrow morning. Areas of patchy frost are expected. Abundant sunshine again tomorrow afternoon. Highs in the upper 50s and lower 60s. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Key, I'm thinking about for uh, Valentine's Day with the wife, thinking like some chocolates, some flowers, maybe do like a nice dinner, something like that. Answer Max? your question before. What's what Valentine's Day? You want to go. You want to go. We made up holiday. So you don't do anything. You, you do nothing for Valentine's Day. What are they, they going to do now? It's, it's, it's ground day. He, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM. 8.50 AM WRUF. From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, and online at WRUF. You know, over the years, doing my oldie show that I did for years and years and years, I had a chance to interview a lot of people. And that's the Ventures that did that instrumental, Walk Don't Run. And a dude named Noki Edwards was with the band, and he was fascinating. Talking about how they got together and how they learned to play guitar and all that. Uh, a lot of fun doing those interviews. Uh, okay, well, we got a few minutes left today. We'll take time for your phone calls, 392-8255. Let me give you an update uh, on C.J. Felder uh, because uh, this is where it sits. He continues to be on a leave of absence from the team. He's still in school. Keeps the door open for him to come back to the team, but there hasn't been anything definitive either way at this point. So that is the latest on C.J. Felder. And, of course, uh, we wish him uh, the best in whatever you know, he is going through. That, that's pretty obvious in that. So we hope that that can happen for him. Uh, a lot of things going on this weekend. Uh, Florida Gator track going to the Razorback Invitational uh, this weekend. Uh, it's indoor. And uh, there's going to be baseball. going to be a little cool for the start of practice, but that starts tomorrow. It's open to the public. They'll have scrimmages uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And if you missed it, Gators softball in an SEC coaches poll has been predicted to win the SEC this year. The top three, Florida, Tennessee, and Arkansas. Uh, Alabama, who normally is pretty much at the top, fallen to fourth. Uh, so, you know, things change. Arkansas had a dynamic coach, and they for years weren't any good in softball, but all of a sudden they've become pretty darn good uh, in softball. Of course, gymnastics this weekend, too, they will host Georgia. And Georgia, you know, when I was the PA for gymnastics for years, Georgia was really, really 
good. And they, over the last few years, have not been very good. Um, they're 17th now. Florida is number two. And interestingly, the only team that Florida has met every year of the program's 51-year history. How about that? It's also alumni night, and uh, that's always fun. If you look at Florida gymnastics over the years, my gosh, they've had tremendous athletes. And uh, I don't know how many are going to come back, but depending on who it is, I know I, I did PA for them for, I think, 13 years, and uh, there, there were a lot of really, really good gymnasts that I got a chance to see. Um, so good luck to them. And uh, the current team is pretty darn good, like I said, uh, ranked number two. And that's where they were in the preseason poll, by the way. All right, let's get to Butch's call. Hi, Butch. Hey, how you doing, Steve? All right. Good. Uh, this question is a general question. You piqued my interest when you said Arkansas hired a new coach. And I always wondered this. What is your priorities in, as an institution? What are the priorities in coaching? I guess football, you want to pay the best and have the best and maybe them back. But I don't understand why every school doesn't want the best coach. I'm going to give you an example. And, and I think the Florida basketball coach, she, I think she's doing a phenomenal job. But when I go to get a coach, I'm going to South Carolina, and I'm going, what is it going to take to get you here or Connecticut or Notre Dame or wherever? Uh, I'd like you to just sort of address that in general, like why you don't get the very best coach out there every single time. And I'll hang up and listen. Which, thank you, because that's impossible. It's just flat impossible. Name me any school in the United States over 50 years that's had on its staff the best coach in every sport. Answer, there is none. If, if I flip the question around, Butch, and you're, and you're asking me why don't schools go after them, who says they don't? Well, we just don't know, right? Who's, who says that, you know, Scott Strickland didn't pick up a phone and, you know, hey, Gino, you want to come? To, no, okay, bye. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, sometimes you, you just know that the best coach isn't going anywhere. Was Pat Summit going to leave Tennessee? No. Now, the, the uh, exception to that is Kim Mulkey. Mulkey, you know, whether you like her or whether you don't because of her personality, was great at Baylor, and, they, and LSU pried her away because she's from that state. So that's the answer to that question. 147, time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery. Final segment coming up, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Ainsley Davis. In the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning will take on the Boston Bruins tonight. In their latest matchup against the Minnesota Wild, the Lightning secured their 10th straight win at home and hope to continue the streak tonight. Coverage starts right here at 8. Lots of Gator sports happening this weekend, including number 2 ranked Gator Gymnastics taking on number 17 Georgia tomorrow in the Odom. On Saturday, men's basketball will hit the road to take on number 5 Kansas State in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. 
Local Boys High School Hoops action heats up tonight with games between Westport versus Newberry, Union County versus Dixie County, and Eastside versus North Marion. On the girls' side, Eastside will take on Oak Hall, PK Young will play Westport, and Buholds will face Vanguard. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Ainsley Davis. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 802 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? Babbel's interactive lessons are created by real language teachers and voiced by real native speakers using a modern conversation-based method. So in no time, you can start speaking confidently about real-life topics in another language. Nosotras vamos a México en dos días y ahora hablamos español. Gracias, Babbel. Sí, muchas gracias. <laughs> Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Follow ESPN Gainesville on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay up to date with the latest information, interviews, stories, contests, and events. We are 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gators head men's basketball coach Todd Golden, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Oh, we've got about uh, seven, eight minutes left. Still plenty of time to hear from you. 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. You know, when you heard Tom Luganbill, that just about echoes what I've been saying to you. I mean, it's he he kind of succinctly put it correctly. Uh, it's a mess, and you know, got to see what happens from here. Chris says, "I always I was always for the early signing period. I didn't like the kids who knew where they wanted to go would continue to be recruited." Or harassed now because of the transfer portal nil etc i agree that early signing period should go away of course the world of college athletics at the moment doesn't seem to have anyone overseeing it the nca nowhere to be found that of of, of all the things we have talked about 
and all the things we have discussed, you know, you, me, us, in all this situation, that is the thing that, A, I don't understand, and B, just, just how do we get here, right? Th- there is no light at the end of this tunnel. There isn't. Where does anybody see light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to these issues? No one is willing to take this on, create something national that everybody understands. That is the problem. And I do not, repeat, I do not see it going away. I hope I'm wrong. I'd be the first one to say, yep, I'm wrong, and I would be happy about being wrong. But I'm not, again, sure where this is all going to go. And that's the problem. One, two, three emails left. I'm not sure it'll get us through, but I'm hoping we can get some a call or two to uh, wrap us up here today. But I'll get to the emails. Peter emails. Steve, uh, are you going to be doing Gator baseball this year? I assume so. I've not been given a schedule, but I assume, I hope so. I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, and he says, question number two, uh, as you look at this team, it's ranked anywhere from third to eighth. Do you think that's about right? Yes, I do. This is a much, Peter, a much deeper team than what Florida had a year ago. And remember, all those young arms that struggled at times last year all come back, you know, knowing the league, knowing what's expected of them. That's got to help. I, I just think it does. So, yes. All right. That is uh, email one. Email two, Herb, different subject altogether. He says, Steve, I heard you yesterday ask for calls about the NFL, and you didn't get any, and you don't have any today either. Why is that? (sighs) This is a college town. One of the things that the late Otis Boggs, who was my mentor here, taught me was that, you know, a lot of people listen to a show, but not a lot call. And that's just how it is. So you've got to be motivated to make a phone call, to talk about something. I would bet if you went to an establishment in town on Sunday, the place would be packed with people watching the playoff games. I don't have any doubt of that, right? But it's not enough that somebody's going to call and say, how about those Chiefs? No NBA. I mean, we never get an NBA call here, ever. Why? It's not a big deal around here. It doesn't mean people don't watch it. I'm sure some of you will go home and if the NBA game on, I mean, Philly and the Nets last night was a great game, right? 
But are you going to watch it? I don't know. You might, but you're not going to call and talk about it. Long answer to a short question, but that's it. Uh, and our last email that I got, Mark, he is about basketball. He says, who's coach of the year in the SEC so far? Oh, boy. Well, there's two things. I would say now Nate Odoms is coach of the year. Look what Alabama's doing. Is there somebody that's exceeding expectations? Is Florida at that point? Maybe. Now. But I don't think Todd Golden would be the SEC coach of the year yet. Chris is going to prove me wrong and talk NBA. <laughs> Chris, I... That's all I. That's all I wanted to do was just prove you wrong. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I uh, I, did, I actually was going to call you a couple days ago about the NBA because of uh, load management. I don't know if you saw the thing go viral where the peop- the mother and son flew four thousand miles to see Jimmy Butler, only to find out Jimmy Butler wasn't playing that night. Um, it was just absolutely heartbreaking, and I, I think something's got to be done, Steve. I mean, I think that like. We all understand that most of us are overworked and underpaid, and I, I don't think that's any, you know, I don't think those guys are underpaid. But, but I, I get you want to, like, protect your body, and um, we, we totally understand that. But, like, if you are getting paid for 85 games and you're playing 40, Kyrie, uh, Kawhi Leonard is getting paid $1 million a game with the amount of games he's played since he's been with the Clippers. That's just atrociously bad. So something's got to be done. But that's not because of load, man. That's because of injury. Yeah. I think these guys have figured it out, Steve. They've figured out how to game the system. They know that we judge players on championships, and you've got to save your your body for the end of the season. I I think all these uh, upper-level players have figured out how to game the system. I think, you know, getting thrown out of a game, uh, load management, uh, I got a back spasm. I think they've figured it out. You you don't play 20 or 30 games, and then you're good for the end of the year. Um, and it's it's ruining the game. And, uh, you know, working class people really don't want to put up with that. I think they should just shorten the season. If you can't play 80 games, then just play 40. Play 40 really hard. We would all appreciate that. Okay. All right. Chris, thank you. you. Yep. Well, maybe we'll explore that a little more tomorrow. Here's a perfect example, though. Boston Celtics. Okay? They've been red hot. We're about, what, midway point of the year, give or take, right? Look how many guys for the Celtics are out. So, load management, whatever, they got to worry about the postseason. And sometimes guys like Al Horford, who are a little older, uh, you know, don't play the next day. Or they don't play back-to-back because they want to win. That's our show. Thanks to Jamie for producing it. We'll see you tomorrow for a Friday edition of Sports Scene. You're listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Enjoy the rest of your day. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850